This is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions. And our guest today is a composer, a model. (laughs) (laughs) He's a hand model, too. Hand model, hand model. A dermatologist. He is. He is. And composer. A circus geek. <laughs> Adam Dorn. Hey. Adam. Yes, Frank. We love to have hey, podcast super fans. Hey, before we talk to Adam. Yes. When we were talking bad werewolf films. Yeah. Did we mention Werewolf of Washington? We did not. Is that the Dean Stockwell one? Dean Stockwell. You know, I didn't put it on the list because some people consider it halfway decent. <laughs> Well, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those fucking people. Yes. Yeah, also we hate to get political. Yes. On, on, on this show. <laughs> we get so much blowback. Oh yeah. God forbid we say something about the fascist in chief. Oh but, boy. But um yes, uh, oh. you know when you when you're selecting those films, you you you're just mindful of time. Oh yeah. And I just put didn't put everything on the list. Yeah. So I had to make room for Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. That's right. <laughs> Cuz right. that was the guinea one. Yeah. And what was <laughs> that? What's the one with Cheney? Is it the Face of the Screaming oh, Werewolf? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, we had like, Ray, we had Raybone in here for those. It and, had about well, don't bring him back in. <laughs> he's we, he's we right o- there. I'm looking at him through the glass. We only yeah. have a week and a half to get the answer. Yeah. But and, <laughs> You know, uh, just to uh, to speak well of Adam, Adam also listens to the mini episodes. Everything he really? paid for Stitcher. Yes, he cares, Gilbert. I, you know, honestly, I, I, I want to. Before we go like into this, I do want to say I really do care, and I don't take this. This podcast is like the fans don't take it for granted. They really. <laughs> That's they, nice. No, Gilbert does. Yeah, well. <laughs> But I have to no seriously. Like yes. my my father in law was very ill last year, I'm and sorry. like honestly, like for about four months, we just would listen every week to whatever episode came out. And I have to say, we may have listened to the Pat Cooper episode <laughs> eleven or twelve times. It might be the funniest thing. It's the best episode. Yeah. You like you like vitriol. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that episode drew, drew, you know. Yeah, he was not angry enough. Yeah. No. He chased some people <laughs> away. I just love it. He's like, another <laughs> fucking bargain. You know, he's like, another <laughs> bargain. Yeah, another, dude, Jack Jones, right? Another bargain. Who was it that he 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 was opening up for someone and they wouldn't acknowledge him, so he interrupted their show and he said, I've been opening up for you for three fucking weeks. You can't <laughs> say hi to me. Who was that? Who did he interrupt? I don't know. But oh, it's guys, great. I'll go back and listen to it. Why hasn't he been back on? Uh, okay, I know. I was a frier. I know what sort of. Like. I think we sort of shot all our bullets there. Don't yeah, you think? Really? yeah, yeah. It's kind of one note. And <laughs> what's what's so weird to think there is he for a little while was in a comedy team Amazing. with Jackie Mason. The thought what? of it, yeah, bitter, bitter, and more bitter. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what they were. What they really called themselves. Yeah, yeah, those must have been uh, nah. uh, charming too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, blood and bile. Bile and phlegm. Mason is even a, he's even a bridge too far. Yeah. After, after, uh, well, you know, we would have done Jack Carter. We would have done Pat Cooper, right. but no. Yeah. Oh man. Your, your dad had experiences yeah, with uh, Jackie Mason. Good. Yeah. I right. mean, I, you know, just, uh, yeah, oh. he was really kind of a prick. So yeah, I'll just keep it at that. Before you rave about us, I'm oh, going to, yeah, I'm going to, well, no, I'm done. I'm gonna, well, one more thing. I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Can I interrupt? Sure. There is one more thing that's very fucking important. <laughs> You 
hold a position on something that I couldn't agree with more. He's looking at Gilbert. Ferris Bueller is a fucking prick. And when you, you. when you started oh, that you episode yourself. off that way, no, I, I, I almost jumped. I was driving. I almost jumped out of my car. Like, well, I was a kid. That movie was made for like my generation and yeah. I saw it. What year were you born? It. I'm 70. Yeah. Okay. Nice, so I'm 47. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Your generation. I, yeah, I fucking hated that movie. He was movie. mean to his friend. He got his friend in trouble. <laughs> he said, you know, Jeffrey Lied Jones, to his parents. Lied to his parents. He, said, he got a principal and, fired. Was yeah, just like, and, yeah, and the principal... He's the bad guy because yeah. he's doing his, his job. fucking job. <laughs> exactly. It's so like, annoying. oh, it's like he should be a good guy yeah. and let this guy uh, play hooky every fucking day <laughs> and not care about the student who's not yeah. going to yeah. school. Well, yeah. listen. Way to suck up, Adam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. But no, I agree. Yeah. I no, agree. no. I And that you let off the episode with that. That's he was, balls. He was, yes. but to his credit, what a great episode, he, and what he, a great... He just, has a sense of humor. He's very, very, yeah, he's very nice about it, but boy, I... Yeah, because the guy's a prick. <laughs> I don't mean... I, I don't mean... <laughs> no, I get it. You I think he's a prick. I, I don't, don't mean... I only have 20 more minutes. Let's I'm not... Say. I don't mean <laughs> Ferris Bueller. <laughs> oh, you I mean... mean no, you don't. I mean Matthew. Yeah. No, you don't. Oh. He's a gentleman. Yes. yes. No, yeah. Absolutely. No, he's very nice. Absolutely slumming by doing this show. Yeah. Adam is a musician, a producer, a composer. He's not just a Gilbert Gottfried podcast super fan. He does a million cool and things. And he's a dental hygienist. He yes. does yes. everything. He... He's composed music for Better Call, Better Call Saul, yeah. Disney's Meet the Robinsons, The Devil Wears Prada. You've yes. seen some of these things. Yes. The Pink Panther, The Born Supremacy. Yes. All have used his music. And uh, even the podcast Serial. Yeah, the current, the, ep, the current season. The mega podcast Serial. Yes. We dream of having Serial. Ira Glass called me to do it. He the, did? A former, a former guest, wow. so there's a connection there. A mutual I, friend Ira, of Ira's. Yeah. How does one go about composing music for a podcast even? That's a really good question because there's nothing to look at. So basically, yeah. what I'm a huge fan of that show. And what I really kind of set out to do was just ask them a bunch of questions about what sort of the arc of the show was in the season. And it's based in Cleveland. It's, it's all about criminal justice reform. They spent a year in Cleveland uh, with full access to the court system. So I said, you know, just give me an idea of certain emotions you want hit. And you just start writing, and you know that's it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Ben Gilbert has a here, question. Here, <laughs> yes. you have a question. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, from the New York Times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't say CNN. Yeah, Don't say yeah. yeah. What What I'm always amazed with with people who do, uh, who who are composers. Mm. Is there's that thing of like this great, this awful, but if they know anything at all, it's like there's like kind of a like they know scientifically, like if you're if you want people sad, you have this note and these notes, <laughs> right. and if you want people enthusiastic, right, you have this specific keys. What's specific the sad tempo? Yeah. What they call well, the sad yeah, key? Well, you yeah. know, I'm going to say D minor. D minor, is, right? You know, the, the sad, Spinal the Tap sad thing. Key. Have you seen Spinal Tap yet? He still has. Good, good, no, tap. good. At this point, don't. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, D D minor, D flat minor. Like there are certain keys, but. It's funny, you've actually spoken about movie music a lot with the guests that have been on. And yeah, you say something that is really fucking important, actually, and I'm not sucking up. It's not my job to be featured. 
It's my job yes. to bolster the story and say things that the actors can't say, but not lead the viewer. So it's really true that when you notice the music, you're all, I mean, unless you're supposed yeah. to, you're in trouble. It's kind of especially when you, for something like when a you notice or the music, it's kind of like when you're watching a movie and you say, "Oh, what a great scene!" <laughs> or right. boy, the dialogue is really yeah. witty. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like so. Sometimes out of it. music comes on, and you go, "Okay, here's the music." Yeah, telling me how to feel. Yeah, and it's well, we not talked good. about it. We had Giacchino on the show, Michael uh, Giacchino, yeah, who's the, like com, the com, guy. composer yeah. du jour. Yeah. And we were talking about, I think, what Gilbert's uh, referring to is, is yeah, too much emotional manipulation. Oh, it's the too worst. too yeah. uh, overplaying the hand. Yeah. and I mentioned that example of a sitcom. My wife watches Grey's oh. Anatomy. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy has these little comic relief moments in the show, and the music always cues you to laugh. Yeah, I, I, do, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I hate it. I, I worked on a sitcom all last year for uh, with Melissa McCarthy, and and uh, one of the key things about working on that is to do the opposite. Do the opposite. You never play funny. You never play comedy because that's what they're doing. Yeah, and that's what the story ostensibly is meant to do so if the music tries to be wacky it's almost quaint fuck you. on a sitcom you yeah. watch a show like the office and there's no music at all well and that's what i prefer right. to be honest well, or, or, or the way curb a pseudo documentary yeah but or, or when a sh i'm sorry you go there ahead. no there are curb some of these there are some yeah. of these uh movies uh where, where if it's a comedy scene mm. it, it'll be and um, and it's like oh god you know well well it's so cliche because there's a, I have a couple buddies that work a lot in comedy they do a lot of sitcoms like successful sitcom mm -hmm. composers mm -hmm. and we always joke like so which you know which pizzicato violas and violin you know they're like blum, blum, yeah. blum, 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 you know and it's just you're but like done. you said curb you, I, I assume that's oh, a bassoon yeah. or something or yeah, a, a but, trombone but it's but it's but it's, but it's used it's used ironically yeah and it's also like. I think he found that music. It's library music it from is. Italy, and some of it was commercial music from Italy, used for TV commercials, and it's used to perfection. I actually, you know, it's only like five pieces of music in the whole series, and it's never wrong. It, they, I think, they always use it perfectly. What do you think of our library music? The theme song for this. I show? love the. Th is I it, love the music. Is it aptly chosen? Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? The, the I went through theme, about eighty pieces of music I before I settled on that from one. From your show, sometimes it shows up in I other know, things, and I'm like, that's yes, Gilbert fuckers. Turned up on the Food Network. Yeah, oh, exactly. Was, yeah. Exa and I get pissed. Yeah, because I'm like, it's yours because it's out there. Yeah. Now, now, what do you think of this theme music? If we can get Frank. Uh, the, oh, wait, I'm sorry, Frank. Are we bothering the, you? Yeah. <laughs> Frank didn't mean to wake you. <laughs> the we hello to, damn. Put our, yeah, like, Play the hello damn music. Because. Oh, uh, okay. He doesn't, sorry. He, doesn't have, he doesn't have it dialed up. Oh, okay. But yes. you come from a musical family. Yes. Your dad was the legendary Grammy winner and, uh, and record producer, Joel Dorn. Yeah. And I did some research on your dad. Oh boy! Well, we, you know, fascinating. I found some really interesting YouTube videos. Really? About his life. Yeah, I will direct you to them. Oh. And he worked with Roberta Flack and Bette Midler he, and Donny Hathaway. Bette signed yeah. Bette Midler. Discovered Bette Midler and like worked with her on her very first record. Hot damn! Yeah. And we mm. were talking about uh, those wonderful the Charlie Fox song. Oh uh, well, yeah. Ah, Kill, yes, killing yes, me yes, softly. He yes. worked. He worked with Roberta Flack. He produced yes. that record. He produced. Take he, me to your heart. 
Show me where to start. Uh, oh, Let Charlie me Fox again. play the no, part. No. It's as if I'm finally hearing the song. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it's, it's, I love this. Your dad also yeah. worked with Lou Rawls, Dr. John, yeah. Peter Allen. Paul, did you know these, Kate these names? Smith. Kate Smith. <laughs> yeah, oh, gee. Uh, uh, yeah. Just a, a ton. Charles Mingus. Yep. Ton. Ton of stuff. Donny Hathaway. Um, just, just so many different artists and the movie Peter Allen yeah you know. the movie High Fidelity yeah reference so, indirectly yeah. references him right so the in the film if you remember there was this thing of dream jobs and dream job number two was literally Atlantic Records staff producer 1964 to 1973 and he's literally the only person that ever like that's him wow so I'm watching the film and I'm like that's, they're talking about my old Met because he made records that really. I mean, made, made the first Allman Brothers record. Yeah, made for, you know. So Don McLean, Don McLean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. He, the, interesting yeah. fella. Versatile, yeah. interesting yeah. fella. I know a little bit about Don McLean. Yeah. Yeah. Ask Andy Breckman about Don McLean. I will. But uh, this is interesting too. Some symmetry. Your yeah. dad wrote a letter to Atlantic Records when he was fourteen. Yeah. He asking had, for a job. He had ideas for uh, songs that Ray Charles should do. So he that. wrote a letter to Boy. Ahmed Erdogan, the great and, Ahmed Erdogan, and actually the, the the Erdogan brother no one ever talks about is was named Neswi Erdogan, and Neswi was responsible for the jazz and the sort of R and B side of Atlantic. So, uh, the Ahmed wasn't very interested in this annoying Jewish kid from the suburbs of Philadelphia getting his letter. He gave it to his brother, and his brother called my dad How about that. He literally called him and then they started a correspondence. And by the age of, you know, my father went to Temple University in Philly and was, he was actually a pretty prominent radio personality. And you guys will love this. The radio station that he worked at, he was on the AM overnight and on the FMO overnight was Ed Bradley. Ed Bradley 60 from minutes. 60 Minutes. And my father's sub was Peter Boyle. The actor. So yes. this is the three guys I knew that about. Radio I knew that about Peter Boyle. Yeah, Peter Boyle replaced my father. They were yeah. friends for life. So yeah. I, you know, I knew Peter like you know. They both and they were both died pretty close to each other, unfortunately. But your dad passed really, in 2008, 2008? 2007. 2007. And then, yeah, Peter. I think pretty soon thereafter. Yeah. But um, what Did a you lovely know he guy. Had a DJ background, Peter Boyle. No. Yeah, yeah. big jazz fan. Yeah, Huge jazz guy jazz and a guy. very good friend of John Lennon's. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. totally. And yeah. actually, uh, funny. Uh, my father had some relationship. He, my father was friendly with John Lennon, tighter with George Harrison. Like it just, I grew up with like all this was. Like, wow. It was like growing up in the dugout. Like it was like being Ken Griffey Jr. Except I, you know, I wasn't in a dugout. These I was people would be studio. over the house. Marvin just... Hamlish was at my house one wow. day, and he decided. Two things. Now, mind you, I'm like eight years old and I could, I didn't, I wasn't a musical or a musician at all. And I uh -huh. really couldn't give a shit. He was sitting at our out of tune piano writing a song about my mom. But the bad thing is, is my mom's name is Florence. So it doesn't really give itself over to music. So Florence, Florence, she's working in the kitchen. She's working. And we were like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, and we, you know, you don't know when you're eight years old who Marvin is a legend. Pretty cool. Yeah. He, he wanted me to teach him how to throw a curveball. He couldn't throw a baseball. You're, you were eight and Marvin Hamlish he <laughs> yeah. asked you how to throw a... Yeah, he was like, let's have a catch. I've always wanted... You know, he, he was really on. Yeah. yeah. I, I, wow. I was like Irving Cohen, you know, the Martin yeah. Short character. A bouncy seat. Yeah, yeah, give, give me, me a, a bouncy seat. seat. <laughs> Marvin Hamlish wrote the theme music to The Swimmer. Yeah. Correct. No. When he was like 20. Yeah, seven. no, no. Absolutely. Was he genius. a prodigy? Total, Mar total prodigy. Marvin Hamlish, he must have been. And, and I think Bananas... 
with Woody yes. Allen. Yes, yes. he did. Yes. You're 100 yes. right. And the thing is, what a hip guy in a way. Like it took me a long time to really appreciate him. He had such a respect for a bygone era. He was from you know what I mean. It's like he. I could see him like he just was like, I want to be Sammy Khan. You know what I mean? Like who wanted to be Sammy Khan in the late sixties? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, Gilbert wanted to be Jessel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got also his he got his wish. One white and shining eye. And and oh oh oh, uh, who who did we have here? The really top rock and roll guy. Tommy James. No no no. Felix Cavalier. The, Felix. The uh, producer. The producer. Peter Asher. No. Oh my boy. Jimmy Webb. No. <laughs> Paul one. Williams. Paul Williams. Paul Schaefer. <laughs> d- it's with a D. A bouncy D. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll edit this yeah, all out. No, please don't. Rock guy. Paul oh, Ron Delsner. Ron oh, Delsner. Well, he's a promoter. Ron, he's a promoter. He's don't, a promoter. Don't point at me. He's a promoter. Ron, yeah. Yeah. Ron well, Delsner. And here's the thing. My dad did. This, this is very him. important. Okay, I'm listening. Because Ron Delsner helped produce uh, the Groucho Marx. At, at Carnegie. Right. At, at Carnegie. And New Hamlish. Right. And, that's and true. Ron Delsner said to me. And we just had knew each other for like about half a minute at yeah. this point. He said, you know, she used to, that woman he was with. That, Aaron uh, Fleming. Aaron, oh, Aaron Fleming. Fleming, yeah. She used to blow Groucho. And, <laughs> and he goes. And you tried to get him to say it on the show. And, and, he, he, do it. and he goes, and Marvin Hamlish had a shot at her too. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. There's winning. There's yeah. a, here's a here's a podcast connection to your dad. What's that? Rosanna Arquette. Oh, your dad was the music coordinator on the movie Baby It's You. Yes, he was. So there you go. Yes, he was. She One of my favorite me three times. I know. Oh, yeah, you, as you as there you've you publicized. Yes, okay. Did you know Charlie Fox growing up? A little bit. I got to know Charlie when I first moved to New York because he was still running around this when yes. there was real studios in New York. I, yeah. I worked at a place that was kind of a toilet, but. It's more known for the first place Tupac got shot. It was called Quad. Okay. And I, Frank Frank spent some time at Quad. But, okay. And um, Charlie would still be running in and out of the studios, you know, trying to get people to do songs and He's working a on demos. Oh, total genius. Uh, not only first time ever, and not first time ever. No, but, Killing, uh, Killing Me Softly. Me softly but, yeah. the, but the Love Boat theme. And, oh, yeah. And, 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 and a and million pieces of music. We're the king and queen of hearts. Wait, hold me when <laughs> the music starts. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was from Zach. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like dozens of people know. He won't this come. Song. We've asked yeah. him to do this podcast. He won't We've do had it. four people no. ask him. He, he won't do it because I think he's aware that Gilbert is <laughs> going to sing Ready that. to Take a Chance again. Which doesn't Did make somebody sense send to him me. the video of you singing uh, Ready to Take a Chance again? <laughs> I think so. Down at Loser's Lounge? You know, yes. he sang this live? I'll send you the video. Yeah. So it yes. was sort of destined that you would go into music. You Absolutely. remind me. All right. <laughs> Cut it out. Now I know why Frank's like, all right, wrap it up. Uh, at what point did you decide this is this is kind of what I'm going to do? This is what I love? Pretty early on. I yeah. mean, my, did my he father, encourage it? He No. Actually, my father produced a band called the Neville Brothers. Do you know the Neville sure. Brothers? From yeah, Rome? of course. And the person that actually really motivated me the most to be a musician pointed out to me the fact that I was rhythmic and musical. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, uh, wait, I'm trying to... Re- oh, I'm so... I remember him so much. I'm forgetting his name right now. No, it's um, Art Neville. Yeah. The keyboard, the organ player. He was also in a band called The Meters, which okay. is like the funkiest band ever. And uh, he'll murder me for forgetting his name. Briefly, That's okay. But, 
Art, my senior father, moment. Yeah, totally. My my father was working on their record, and they were playing mixes all the time. And and I would keep time, and I would kind of listen and tap. And and Art said to me when I was about ten, he was like, "You're, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're like you're really musical. You're really rhythmic. You're going to be a musician." And it dawned on me at the age of ten, like I better do. I'm I, I'm not going to be a lawyer or an accountant. I can't ever fucking do like right. something regular. I right. knew that. I was smart enough at that age. But uh, yeah, Art Neville, I, I give I give him the prize. And like your dad, you sat down and wrote a letter. Yes, I at did. age fifteen. Yeah, I wrote a letter to someone who's not really a household name, but is probably one of the most famous musicians, bass players, and producers. A guy named Marcus Miller. Uh-huh. I wrote him a letter, and much like Nesui Erdogan, he called me. And within a year, I was in the studio with Marcus with Miles Davis. Interesting. So I literally left high school to go and work with Miles Davis for about both, a year. Both both Adam and his dad wrote letters as teenagers. Jeez. And, and that's how our career started. Yeah, that's I mean, fascinating. I mean, I'm people knew who my father was, so I think didn't he, hurt. He, it didn't hurt. But, you know, so spending my senior year of high school, which would have been in high school, not in high school, but with Miles... I, was the best education you could possibly what the get. hell was miles davis like he's amazing you know what's funny yeah I, I think of the way you talk about jerry lewis and saying hey you know because you hear all these notorious things about sure. miles davis yes and he was always nice to me like i never yeah. he was what's that like turning his back to the audience yeah yeah famously well, yeah but i thought that was kind of brilliant because he was like i just listen don't look mm-hmm. listen to what i'm playing i thought mm-hmm. that was kind of brilliant but he was but nice to you always always told me stories and fostered my interest in going into music and, and and definitely was like you stay around the studio you watch what we're doing you learn oh nice this is this is your school this you know so i mean how can you not complicated man yeah with a complicated life so was jerry lewis and he died young died in, in 65 in same age as my father yeah actually they, they both died at 65 but. one thing we've spoken about before in this show and that's the thing like the unsung heroes, and that's the studio musicians. Yeah, yeah. Like, because so much that we remember of great music, it yeah. wasn't uh, no. the group. You it see was the Wrecking st- Crew documentary? Yeah. yeah, of course. It's wonderful. And, and it's funny, my, so my friend Adam Gorgoni, his father Al, played the guitar intro to Brown Eyed Girl. He's just a, he just... You know, wow. he's a studio musician. He's yeah. like, oh, hold on. And he's like, yeah, it was just a Wednesday. We were in the studio. I got 60 bucks. It was an, just another gig. It's an iconic yeah. thing. And it's just this iconic thing. And he played on hundreds of records. And, and What's so, his name? Uh, Al Gorgoni. Uh-huh. He's a great guy. Lovely guy. It's kind of like, like the way they have editors in movies. Mm. And they say sometimes... What's great about the movie was what the editor did. With oh, absolutely. It. I mean, they're 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 crafting the narrative and they're you know putting everything together, and they don't really get that much credit. So you you're know? 15. You're hanging out with Miles Davis, Luther yeah. Vandross, yeah, David Sanborn, most Jewish 15 year old kids, <laughs> and just yeah. so hey, what, Luther, what the hell was Luther Vandross he was like? The best Luther a, was. Luther used to give me ride. What a he giant! Was, just the he was the he actually along with miles and obviously marcus for fostering my education yeah luther was the best he wrote my letter of recommendation to berkeley school of music and they they rejected me because they thought it was a forgery oh my <laughs> god <laughs> they, so he called well, them and i was in this that's understandable and he was he was like who do i need to speak to this is ridiculous i ended up going there but you know yeah luther was the sweetest guy ever we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this.
So this is what I want to ask you sure, about, uh-oh. too. Uh, and Gilbert will appreciate this. Your music was used in a Deep Throat documentary? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, oh, right? now I woke up. Then now, I, he's in, now he's yes, 24 hello. minutes in. Hello. I got yes, Gilbert's attention. Thing, we're almost done. Now yeah. I'm paying attention. Yeah, the, uh, deep, uh, what was it called? Deep Inside Deep uh, Throat? Inside Deep inside, Throat. Inside Deep Throat. They, yeah. used, they used some songs of mine, and it's, it's a great documentary, actually. How did you it's come to a, specialize in things like that? Because you because you, know, you do documentaries, would you say is is uh, that's my that's really my your lane main as a composer, joint. which is weird because it's not really a lane that most composers shoot for. But the way I look at it, it's like documentaries. They're telling stories that last forever, and they're telling real stories as opposed to like these. You know, I would love to work on a big action Marvel like you know tentpole kind of thing. Sure. But the reality is, it's like these current projects I'm on, like you know Robin Williams, a legend. An mm-hmm. absolute, like, to work on something for Robin or Richard Pryor or, like, you know, the Donald Trump series. Well, you're <laughs> to, working with that. We'll tell yeah. our listeners, too. You're working yeah. with the great Alex Gibney. Yeah. Who made uh, Enron documentary and... Uh, yeah, the and Scientology the, And the wonderful and HBO... From, si- yeah, Taxi from the Dark taxi Side. Taxi from the Dark Side. And that's a, that's, a, that's a great guy to be working with. Yeah, Alex is the that's best. A, and totally gives you freedom to do your thing. But, like, five hours of focus on Donald Trump it's a little much, you know, for anybody. In the, yeah, <laughs> and I know Gil. You, you pay have, your dues. You have some uh, experiences with, the, with <laughs> Donald. Gilbert called him the Führer. <laughs> yes, on the, uh, yeah, no, on the Apprentice. So great. You were yeah. telling me in the street. We when we took that cab the other night. You were telling yeah. me that the that the prior documentary that it was there was something painful about it. There was something uh, hard to. Yeah, I mean, it was hard to watch. It's a sad story. I mean, Richard Pryor. You know, it's funny. I, I think of the Robin and the Richard and. You know, I think a lot of the, the 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 difficulty is, you know, Richard, his life was so difficult just to get to the start of his career. I mean, sure. he was raised in a brothel. Sure. You know, substance Thought abuse. terrible things Terrible as a kid. things. And, and, I mean, such an important guy. I mean, just a beautiful, important, but I think he also caused a lot of problems for himself. Yeah. I mean, you know. And was nice to you, Gil. Oh, yeah. 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 Very you nice. You put him in the Miles which, Davis category. Which movie were you I, in with him? I, I didn't make it to the final cut. That's right. Which was just as a horrible movie. Oh, oh right. The, that's right. The, the Another You. Yeah. It their was, last was, collaboration. So, so, the, me, yeah, the uh, last Wilder. Wilder. Wilder, Richard Pryor. So there's a scene in the documentary where he's on... Um, He's one on one of these talk shows and the the host says, So so tell me about your movie. What's it about? And it was like one of those horrible movies. Yeah. And his answer was, It's about two hours too long. Oh. So wow. he knew. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he knew he he had he had a run of like eight or nine horrible films in a row, but to go out like that with Gene Wilder after the great shit they yeah did. that was and, and by comparison you said the robin williams documentary was more oh, despite the tragic ending more of a celebration of yeah, life and really whoopies in it and love whoopies in both yeah she's, she's in both she's in both in of both. them yeah um and yeah i mean the robin is just it's, it's stunning what were you telling me about zachary his son you were I sitting watched, next to him i was sitting next to, to, to robin's son watching the film about his father's life for the first time so you know that's emotion. really that emotional. Had to be emotional. And he's a really lovely guy. And he's like, you know, sitting there and, you know, you just, I don't know, you just think of your own father who passed and they both passed very suddenly. What did you say to him? Did you talk to I him? Did you say? Hug. You I did. mean, you know, you I felt bad enough that I was like, I hope the music isn't manipulating you, making you yeah. cry more. Oh, you know yes. what I mean? It's like yes. all that shit where you're like, don't, I hope you're not mad at me. You know, that, that's, fascinating. That's something that I've seen in documentaries where 
they'll be talking about something really tragic yeah. and sad music comes yeah. on and you go, I, I think it's already tragic <laughs> enough. We, yeah. you, we don't Hitler have to be Hitler was told. dark. Yeah, yeah. We know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you're watching a dramatic film and the story is manipulating you, maybe even to the point of tears, yeah. and it's working on its own. Yeah. And, the, and, and then the music comes in and, and starts to do it too. And it's unwelcome. Yeah. You almost want to say, I yeah. don't need the music. Well, I'm already there. It's yeah. overwhelming. It's yeah. overwhelming me now. Don't, don't. But those magical times when the music does also tug at your heart, you know, it, it's, it's pretty it's incredible. It's such a subtle but thing to me. It has rare. to be, yeah, it has to be where you don't notice it. Yeah. Like it affects you. Yeah. But once you start to go, okay, here's the music. Yeah. So how do you know? I mean, you you just you're just going on pure instinct. How do you know? Okay, yeah. that's too far. Yeah, do you try it out on people you trust. Well, I mean, if you think about it, I'm you know as a composer, I mean, I'm turning music into an editor and a director and yeah, ostensibly a couple producers. So they'll let you know, you know, and the and the right directors, you know, they'll have a sense of how they want to use music. Like on the Robin, there's a ver there's a scene at the end where like the first couple passes of what I did was you know I got notes like all right similar to what you were just saying Gilbert like okay we get it there's a cello it's sad uh, you know, oh yeah you know cut it out you know take it out dial it back you know but sometimes I gotta say just as like an empathetic feeling person you're looking at something and you're like I want to do this to it so you you know you, yeah. you get there eventually but it's it's a it's trial and Push error. And pull. It's definitely you, you get a lot the of footage. You get the footage for the scene. You get you do you, you, you get, get the, the whole film. you get the whole thing. Yeah, generally, yeah. Okay, so you're not composing piecemeal. No, no. You're no, watching no. the whole thing, and 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 you're taking notes, and you're saying, and and you're writing down the emotion of what you feel. You heard Jacino on our show, yeah. and he was talking about the scene in Up. Yeah, uh, which, come on, and that's a there's thing came to him in the shower. Yes, you know, that's what he, he said, and a, I love that. And you know what? He's that's such true. a freak. No, but it's not that stuff comes to you everywhere mm -hmm. getting your car washed you know what i mean like whatever randomly so, ideas so, come so, up so they'll send you the completed robin williams documentary mm -hmm. and you and you lay it out in front of you and you say i know i need i know i need this here and yeah. i need this here and and also you're writing music for pacing uh, i, I pacing. need to speed the story up here a little well, bit no that's more of you know that's funny that you say that that's more of a scripted like you know, maybe stuff for episodic TV or like, you know, feature films. So give but, us an example of where you were challenged, say, um, on the on the Robin Doc. On the, uh, the very last cue of the film, which I'm still not pleased with. You're not. Um, because it's kind of this montage that wraps up, you know, everything. And I just feel like the music doesn't work. Have you seen and the I've, documentary yet, Gilbert? The Robin Williams I doc? I saw the one on TV. The it HBO? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his music. Oh. That's his yeah. score. Yeah, I thought that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I, Boy, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Didn't wow, see that Gilbert. coming, did you? That, wow, surprise. That music just yeah. dragged yeah. it to the fucking gutter. Which balding Jew wrote that music? <laughs> Is it that Adam Andy Dorn? I apologize that yeah. I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, that, no, but, but it, I, it's, yeah. you'll love it. Yeah, yeah. and if... You saw the prior though. I feel I like saw the prior, prior one. and it's dark. Yeah, very. It's not uplifting. Very, but I appreciated it. We were talking yeah. about Whoopi's mom's documentary. Yeah, I too, saw the mom's I, Mabley doc. It was great. She did a and great job. Real labor of love. You know, someone needs to make a Red Fox documentary. It should I, I be us. Yeah, we're right. The three of us. But it, 
with know. Bill Persky's Demon Wilson stories. <laughs> yes, thirty minutes of just him. But did you you guys ever heard the, there's there's the famous Demon Wilson thing where he he was holding out for salary like a dispute. salary thing, <laughs> yeah. and a reporter asked Red Fox, you know, how do you feel about like Demon Wilson holding out for like you know more money? And he said, let me tell you something. This show can be Sanford and anybody. And it's just <laughs> fucking, fucking spectacular. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been great. Uh, there's a story about, you just said, uh, you told us too off mic that your yeah. dad knew Howard Kalen, former yeah. podcast guest. They're pals. They cross paths. A lovely man and a legend. Yeah. And a true original. Yeah. Um, Such a great episode. Got high with Soupy Sales. So here's who my father got high with. Do tell. So when he first started going to Atlantic and he was getting ready to work there, he was still living in Philly, commuting back and forth. And he goes to Atlantic Studios one night, which is up on 60th and Broadway, dark room, still a kid. He's like 20 and a joint is getting passed around. And he's like, yeah, fine, I'm in. And the guy next to him hands him the joint. And in the glow of the joint, he realizes it's Mitch Miller. <laughs> Sing along, oh, sing along with, with Mitch. Mitch. So imagine my father is thinking of his Zeta Jake and Bubba <laughs> saying, hey, well, you know, we're going to watch Mitch. Was singing, and he's getting stoned with Mitch Miller. Of course. You know. He's a so, musician. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's getting stoned. But but the greatest thing about Mitch Miller that I that I found out from John, John Domanian told me the story. Uh, the legendary, legendary John, John Domanian. Domanian. Do, do we need to tell people who he is? Uh, if, if you're a Woody Allen fan, you've seen John Domanian in every Woody Allen movie. Yeah, exactly. The heavy set Thank guy with a mustache. The cocaine. Sneezing the cocaine. Sneezing the cocaine. Yeah. You know yeah. him. You've seen him in all of them. So John Domanian told me the story. The friend of his, this great jazz guy that used to work with Nat King Cole was uh I'm trying Dick LaPalm was his name he was taking Mitch Miller around the country on a promo tour and he said Mitch Miller and you'll love this Gilbert was the cheapest human being <laughs> in the and I and and this is my scurrilous second, TMZ second cheapest said no <laughs> this is it this is late breaking TMZ news Mitch Miller is the cheapest person in the history of the entertainment business to the point where Dick LaPalm threw the following line he said that Mitch Miller was so cheap he had a reach impediment I just <laughs> reach impediment such a hip line so yeah so uh you you might be the second cheapest yeah oh my person God. ever Mitch Miller yeah so. Is there also, uh, I heard from our mutual friend, Eddie Portnoy, oh, is he who wrote oh, to me and he said, Eddie. he said, Adam Dorn's going to be on. It's, I'll never do, have, I'll never be gifted a, a second mini episode, but it's a lot, it's not a short story. About and Gene Simmons? It's a, it's yes. a spectacular short story. Okay, mean, we'll bring you back another time and you'll tell a Gene Simmons story. <laughs> just, but, but Quincy Jones is involved. In the Gene Simmons story, he's oh. the catalyst. Now so you're you'll... you're aware, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he doesn't tell listen. Me. Yeah, let I me. No, let, listen. Let, I've missed a couple episodes. Yeah, let yeah. me in on something. I I've never had the courage to talk about this before. I, I want to give you a safe space, Gilbert. A <laughs> yes. forum. Get it out. Quincy Jones said Marlon Brando used to fuck Richard Pryor up the edge. Do tell. <laughs> really? Yeah. Fascinating. We should make a documentary. Of Riveting. Yes, Another yeah. documentary Another that Adam document. could score. Yeah. Yes, Film I'm, I'm at a... eleven. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Last question. Yes, you've sir. heard the you've heard the musical guests on the show. Oh man, you guys have had. Did such you have a great... favorite? Um, Michael's really good. Michael Chicano. I have to say, Jimmy Webb was fun. Jimmy Webb was fun. I really liked Felix. Cavalier, Cavalier, because I know One all of my the other members episodes. of the band. Yeah, I know the the Brigatti's. Like, yeah. I you know. Yeah, 
you know, spent a lot of time with them. We he love was Felix. great. Um, Paul Williams. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. Paul back soon. Paul's the best. And, and I actually, I work with Paul through the ASCAP stuff and the Darling you know man. advocacy. He Paul's the best. He is a, yeah. he is a sweet soul. Yeah. And we're going to have him back right. and do this again. And right. last question oh. for uh, Adam Doran, the music expert. How is Gilbert singing? Seriously. Um, <laughs> in the pantheon of, of the vocalists, uh-huh. I, I, he's odd. Some people, musicians have written to me and say he's oddly on key. He's no, he's, he's oddly sitting in what is called odd meter. You, you have one of the worst senses of rhythm. I've ever heard. <laughs> that, that by the way, like they he say, like, practice the rhythm in, method in the stunt world. They say that like skiing badly on purpose is really difficult. You sing poorly in such a way that is almost, <laughs> uh, it's genius. Bad singing. What a great compliment. Spectacular. You're the best bad singer in the history yeah. of earth. Is that, is, is that fair? That is a fantastic compliment, Gilbert. Yeah. That's better than Adam See? West's compliment about the penguin. <laughs> Plugs, my man. The Robin Williams documentary. Yes. Come inside my mind. Come inside my mind. Uh, people should see the Richard Pryor documentary, too. And you're working with Alex Gibney now. And the series on for Showtime is called? Enemies. November 18th, uh, November 8th, uh, November 18th at 8 p.m. Yeah. is the premiere. It's a four-part series. You're busy. And Serial. And, and Serial. Season three. Yes. Richard Pryor documentary, yes. <laughs> Marlon Brando, Coming to My Ash. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 That was a callback. Let's end wow. this meeting on a high note. And that's why he's yeah. a professional comedian. Wow. <laughs> Adam, wow. you flatter us. We're so thrilled you listen to Thanks. the show. This means such a lot a to us. It means a lot to me to be on, and I'm just Thank you, such pal. a huge fan. Ch- so people can go to your website, too, and find no your... Website. No just, website. Yeah, just find me on Facebook, Adam Dorn. Find you Dorn. on Facebook, Adam Dorn. They can also buy your records. Yes, Motion Worker Records. Motion Worker. worker. Yes. All right, pal. Thanks or at for... a pizza store. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you at the pizza store. We expect you to tell the Gene Simmons story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, this has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing Colossal Obsessions with composer Adam Dorn. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.